This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk, episode 28. I sound very happy. Uh, the likelihood is we're going to get less happy maybe throughout this episode. It's probably not been Derby's best week. We've had two defeats, uh, one of which we don't really care about, but one we really do. And uh, I've got three really good lads who is going to talk through all of it with me. Uh, first off, Callum Bucock. How are you, Callum? Yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. It's uh, been quite a depressing last week as a Derby fan, hasn't it? I know, I know, it's not been great. Uh, Chris Redwoods, how are you, mate? Evening, mate. Yeah, not not bad. Thanks. Need a bit of um, need a bit of, of cheering up after the last week. So, yeah, Hopefully yeah. The next half, half hour can do that. <laughs> Let's hope so. And uh, last but not least, Jamie Page, how are you, mate? Yeah, stay kind of guys. Pretty similar, a little bit subdued, but looking forward and, and hopefully we can put things right in the next two games. Let's hope so. Are you still hungover from Friday? No, I'm okay. I was driving, so it was just uh, ah, right. <laughs> one, and, one and done. I'm not, a five, I'm not a five and drive, I'm a one and done. <laughs> very responsible, very responsible. I like it. So we've got two games to cover uh, and we've got a couple of previews as well. It's going to be light-hearted. It's going to be a laugh. I know the results were painful, so it's... Yeah, probably the best best remedy is to uh, to laugh about it. So we, we spoke about what we talked about first um, before we started recording. We've gone for the Man City game. There's not really a lot to say. Uh, we you know we we played a really good team. Um, Callum, you raised a really good point before we started recording. What was it? I, I think the uh, pitch and our facilities, and obviously how great um, our team do getting it all prepped actually. <laughs> buggered us a little bit uh, and I just think um, that suited Man City down to the ground the way they play ball on the floor we we just generally look like the the lower team if that makes sense they didn't look like an under 21 team at all um, I think I heard on Radio Derby once they were saying it's a team versus boys and the boys won but I generally thought it was the other way around to be honest I thought they played it round and we just looked secondary to everything and um, and I said yeah so if if we had a pitch like Mansfield, maybe would we have a better chance? I don't know. Um, they obviously did did it all right with a, a three two win, so we just couldn't get it over the line. Yeah, they're a good side, aren't they? And you could see when they were passing it around. I mean, I remember a couple of passes that they played basically across their own goal line, 
and you think any other team in the world is not even going to try that. I mean, if we tried that, we've seen some of our defenders passing and we'll get onto that later on. Um, but yeah, if we tried that, we'd have booted it into our own net and yeah, we just got beaten <laughs> by the better team. But uh, we were speaking beforehand, weren't we, all of us, about, um, I don't know how to say his name, Borges, 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 I have no idea. The guy that scored a hat-trick, uh, Chris Redwood, I mean, he, he looks a good player, doesn't he? I'd, I'd be very happy to have him on loan. Absolutely, that's what I was thinking. I think that was that was the only two positives from Wednesday night. One, we might have a chance of getting him in on loan now, and two, we're out of the Pizza Cup. So, yeah, he's a he's going to be a great player. Um, whether Man City will let him drop to League One, I think it's a little bit tongue tongue in cheek. Um, yeah, it, you look at a club that size when they've got players like like that coming through their youth system, you do get a bit envious considering we were we were we we were producing talent not so long ago on a par with that. Um yeah, look he's 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 a great player. I don't care what his name is, he'll he'll be a star at some point. Yeah, I'm sure he will. And it came out over the summer that Man City rejected a ten million bid for him from an unnamed club. So yeah, ten million pound did buy off our squad. So yeah, I'm not surprised that he's so successful. Um, Jamie, something Chris alluded to there was it being a good thing that we're out of the Pizza Cup. I know at the start of the season we spoke about it. I think all of us in here spoke about it, about it being a great chance to get silverware, a great chance to win something. And then we started playing in it and reality struck and it, it's probably for the best, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think we need to focus on on the league and you'd hope that um, that was the case before the Ipswich game, but... Judging by the result, I don't think it was. But I think as fans, we'll, we'll probably miss out because we won't see, you know, the, the likes of Rooney, Kwaku, um, you know, players like that that have kind of featured in the, the Pizza Cup, uh, which is going to be a bit of a shame. But yeah, um, let's focus on the League Cup and the FA Cup. I think that's enough. That's enough for us at the moment. Yeah. I agree, and and we got a pretty tasty draw in in the FA Cup, didn't we? With Torquay away, so yeah, looking forward to that one as well. Um, so talking about the league, uh, we've we should get onto it. We've got to talk about it, haven't we? Um, everyone listening knows what happens. Ipswich, their goal came from our mistake. It's classic derby. We put in a good defensive performance, and then we go and do that. Um, overall, Callum, uh, what did you make of our performance? I mean, we competed, um, which is probably the nicest way of putting it. I think I thought, that, <laughs> I thought, um, I thought generally they they were they looked um, one of the top teams in the league um, and kind of lived up to that. Um, we did well defensively, as you've mentioned. Um, I just thought that we just had absolutely nothing going forward for us. Um, I mean, we had fits and starts, but well, Asula pretty much got marked out the game, to be fair to him. Um, didn't have the same impact as he did Accrington. Um, Dobbin struggled a little bit, and I thought the midfield trio, um, again, struggled. Um, I thought Corey Smith played well. It, like I said, individual performances, I thought, um, were good and we were resolute. But like I said, uh, a lapse of concentration and a poor back pass from Davis, and we, we come away from a, a two, three-hour journey for some people with no points. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating. And, you know, it, you can't really put words to it, can you? It's it's just one of those horrible defeats and it ruins your weekend a little bit. I know I woke up on Saturday morning thinking, oh, for God's sake. And 
yeah, then the other team that we don't like very much go out there and, and win against Liverpool. So it's it's like, yeah, brilliant. What a weekend. Um, but you mentioned Corey Smith there. Uh, and Chris, I'll, I'll come to you with this. Uh, we've all seen the challenge on Corey Smith. Horrendous, genuinely horrendous. Um, not sure how it was not even a foul. The fact, you know, he goes into his shin and then down onto his ankle all in one motion. It, it was it was pretty grim. Uh, Chris, we all know it should have been a red. Uh, I think Ipswich fans are honest and are saying it's a red too, or it should have been a red. Um, how much do you think that would have changed the game? Um, well, first of all, yeah, absolute red card. I think if that had been in the in the in the Premier League, we'd we'd have had Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports News um, tomorrow morning talking about it. Um, yeah, I say VAR. That was a red card. You could claim that the referee's angle wasn't wasn't very good, but that's his fault. He, he should be keeping up with it. Um, yeah, against against ten men, um, would it have been different? Maybe. Uh, but as Callum said, we offered absolutely nothing up front. I think for the first three, four minutes, we looked dangerous. We came out, the traps were really sharp. Um, and then that was basically it, as far as I can recall. I don't think we had a shot on target. Um, the Sula, um, yeah, he was marked out of the game. Dobbin, I didn't even realise, was on was on uh, the pitch. Um, yeah, it was, a, as you say, it shouldn't be as depressing as it is. Um, it is depressing, it is. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, um, you know, we've had fits and starts this season where we look like we're building some some momentum after the Atkinson game and then it all goes again. You've got to start all over again. Um, yeah, I just think those, those are the sort of games where I, I said last week we needed to make a statement against Ipswich, in my opinion. Um, and it was feeble, wasn't it? Absolutely feeble. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting reading comments after the game, and it's hard not to be drawn into it, isn't it? When you know everyone's everyone's emotions are high, uh, and people are obviously fuming because some people, as as Callum said, have, have travelled quite a long way to to watch the game, and then we don't even manage a shot on target. And Ipswich are a great team, you know, we've seen that. That's why they're up there. That's why they're in the position they're in. But for us to offer so little was quite concerning really even though you've got to obviously account for the fact that we've got a couple of important players out injured we still had the talent on the pitch to to kind of drag us into those sorts of positions um but yeah it's been weird and and Jamie I just wanted to ask your opinion uh after the game I saw a concerning number of people calling for Paul Warren's head I mean we've played four games in the league under Warren, we've won two, we've lost two, um, had some difficult games in there. You know, we've managed two clean sheets. Yes, we've had two dodgy performances. Ipswich are a good team anyway. So, you know, losing 1-0 probably isn't the worst thing in the in the world. I mean, what do you think? What, what's on your mind? Yeah, quite, quite surprised to see that many people. I think you normally see the same kind of faces um, on Twitter or social media kind of, tweeting stuff like that but like you say there was um there was quite a few people um calling calling for Warren's head I think it was just the situation you know no shots on target we looked very passive um you know even when we went one nil down normally a Derby County team will have a good go and I don't think we really did that to be quite honest I think that the two forwards as Callum and Chris have both said you know pretty non-existent um both struggled and you know looking at their age and and their kind of 
experienced, they're going to have times like like that. That's where you need certain players to kind of step up and, and grab hold of of games. Um, and I think we had enough players in there, like Sibley, um, like Max Bird, like Nathaniel, Nathaniel Mendes Lang, to, to really kind of take the game to to Ipswich, but we didn't do that. Um, so yeah, it was pretty unfortunate. I came away from the game. It was a bit strange because I felt like I'd gone to a to watch a game, and I'd not really seen too much. And I, I felt sorry for you know neutrals that that clicked onto Sky and uh, started watching the game, thinking that it'd be a good advert for League One. It was pretty shocking, in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad for all my workmates who I'd convinced to to watch the game <laughs> after work. I was like, oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Two attacking teams. You know, we always go for it, and then we don't have a shot. So yeah, it's it was one of those, wasn't it? It was it was setting up for a ball draw. I think it was going to be a, a typical away nil nil. But what, what do you reckon, Chris? I was going to say Ipswich can't be particularly happy with their performance either, can they? As Jamie said, as as league as League One football goes, for two of the alleged top teams, it was a pretty poor display, wasn't it, from both? Let's yeah. be brutally honest. Yeah, I think I think maybe both teams showed each other maybe a little bit too much respect. You know, they they obviously must have seen how devastating we've been on the counter attack in recent games, and at the same time, we know how good they are going forward. So it was kind of a little bit of a we neutralise each other a bit. But what do you think, Jamie? Well, I was just going to say something different as well, which was um, particularly disappointing. Someone told me before the the start of the game that Ed Sheeran was going to be out at half time as well. Um, so that and you believe that? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it, it was after a it was after my one pint, um, and I'm quite you know I'm quite susceptible to uh, yeah. I'm not going to say the word because I'm not allowed to swear, but uh, yeah, I, I believe them, and yeah, I was waiting for Ed Sheeran to make an appearance. So yeah, that that didn't happen as well. So. Pretty calamitous night all round. That's that's horrendous, Chris. God, what, what was it? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, say the obvious. It would have to be Ed Sheeran singing to Curtis Davis when your legs don't work like they used to before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Curtis, poor bloke. Yeah, you, you can't have. I, I do feel sorry for him, and yeah, we might as well get onto it now. I, I do feel sorry for him. I mean. You watch it, it was a calamitous error, wasn't it? It was really bad. Um, he just plays the ball back to no one. He doesn't even look. And I, I think what kind of got to me a little bit and annoyed me a bit was he played the pass and then he didn't track back. And I have a feeling that if he'd tracked back, he probably would have been there to block the, the follow-up from Burns. So it, it came off the post and came back to him and everyone had given up. Everyone had gone, oh, he's through on goal, he's going to score now. And yeah, and because we gave up, he pretty much had an open net. I think it was only James Chester who'd actually made it back into the into the six yard box by then. So yeah, it was bit, it was grim, wasn't it? And that's that's the best word I'd use for it. It it felt like a, a, a sucker punch when in reality Ipswich hadn't threatened us at all much all game. And for them to yeah, come out and do that, it was it was pretty pretty frustrating. But Callum, a, a player that I really wanted to talk about, um, and I think he's been quite good this season. He scored against Accrington last week. Is Tom Barkays, and then I really like Tom Barkays. I think he's a really good player. And on Friday, he just seemed to he'd pick up the ball, and he'd always been the right place. He's, he'd always been the right position, uh, both going forwards and and defensively. And then every single time, 
he'd make the wrong decision or he'd do something stupid. And uh, do you think the pressure got to him a little bit? I don't know if about. Uh, I don't know if I'd say pressure. I just think that it, I think it was the first game where obviously he's played in a position one that is openly said he doesn't like uh, when he first joined, um, and he's now been told to play in it. And I don't think he really understands it. And I think he just came up against a team that's one just a little bit better quality than we've come up against really already this season, and he just got found out. Yeah, um, and he just. Like I said, he was he's been put on pre- uh, put on pressure by better players and making wrong decisions. Um, and yeah, I, I I really like him. I, I like his attitude and stuff. Um, I am worried that obviously if he's openly said that he doesn't like playing that position and that this is kind of the way that Paul Warren wants to go, that how does he really fit in? And I think Mendes Lang also is the same. Um, we've brought in two wingers and we don't play wingers, um, so. Yeah, and I've and Paul Warren's openly said that everyone's on trial and people could leave. Um, obviously, I, I, I mean, I can't really see how that can happen when we've only got a squad of not even twenty yet. <laughs> but but um, but yeah, so it, it's just one of them nights where I think it, it'll just brush it down and hopefully he can get back onto it on the on Tuesday. Yeah, you got to hope so, haven't you? But and that, that's really interesting what you said, obviously, about Mendes Lang hated playing wing back last season for Chef Wednesday. He got a lot of criticism, I remember, um, from supporters saying that he just wasn't trying, wasn't putting the work in defensively. Um, who would have thought he's not a defender? And yeah, Barkays and outright said, I left Preston because they, they played me a lot at wing back and I wanted to play my natural position. Paul Warren comes in, he's at wing back again. So, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's going to be interesting how Warren deals with it. And, yeah, I'll come to you with this, Chris. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how Warren deals with the players that he's got because we don't really have a right back. You know, we've got Kwaku, but he's clearly not ready. Um, The only out-and-out left back we've got is Craig Forsyth, who's about 300 years old. Uh, and, you know, Hayden Roberts can play at fullback, he can play at wingback, but throughout his whole career, he's played at centre-half. So it's a, a little bit of a new position for him too. Uh, ha- it's going to ask a lot of Paul Warren, isn't it? The uh, the players that we've got. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think it's down to players' attitude as well. I mean, we're saying about Mendes Lang, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to play in that role, but... Yeah, I think I don't know if you remember on I think it was the first half on Friday night, he made a last ditch tackle. He was the last he was the last man when they challenged one on one. And it was brilliant. And it was like, you know, yes, he might not be happy playing there, but he put a real he put a, a real shift in. Barkhausen, I mean, it, I, I think it just summed up Friday night. Um when he it, I think he put it went went to put in a left footed cross and fell over. And I just thought, here we go. Um but no, Warren's got to put his his stamp on it to say, you know, all these calls for his head, he's four games in for God's sake. Um, but January is going to be big, really big for him. Um, be interesting what sort of budget he's got. Uh, but if we don't have a lot of, if we don't have a big budget, then players are going to have to suck it up and play where they're told. Um, yeah. To the end of the day, there isn't a lot of competition yet um, for those, for those roles. Um, I think he needs to sort out his midfield three urgently. Um, I think striker-wise, once we get um, Azula um, and Dobbin, Dizzy and Collins, I think we're fine with those four. But yeah, that midfield three and the wing-backs, we've got to look at that. Because I think the last time we had an out-and-out wing-back was Fozzie. 
and I'm talking, I'm talking 2013, 2014. When he had legs. So, yeah, it's going to be a really tough couple of months for Warren um, until he can get his own style of style of players in. Um, but until then, yeah, just take NML's um, attitude and just get out there and do it, basically. That's my stance. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, mate. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see if that attitude keeps going through games. You know, if things do get tough and we keep losing games and we're as inconsistent as we are, uh, it'll be really interesting to see if the players can keep that same mentality going. Because, uh, I mean, we all know, we've all seen it with Derby teams over the years when we hit a real rough patch. You can see the players that want it and the players that don't. And we've seen that, you know, more often than not in the last couple of years. So, yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see. And, I mean, we, we've really got to think about the position we're in as well. I, I just remember what Callum said before we started recording. You know, we win both our games. We're, what, like comfortably fourth or fifth or something ridiculous like that and with our games in hand and when you think like that it's like we're doing well we're doing all right this season you know we're hardly in a position where we're struggling at the bottom of the table we might have lost a few games but we're at the top of the table pretty much you know there's a couple of teams that are running away with it a bit but we're up there and we've got a real good chance of doing something with a team that have known each other for 10 minutes. I've had a new manager for even less time and are trying to adapt to a new standard of football after previously having to adapt to another new standard of football. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I guess I've, I've just talked my, my own question or my next question to existence, Jamie, we played our interesting passing Pep Guardiola-esque football for the first, what, nine games of the season uh, under Rossini. Obviously, Warns come in and that's completely flipped on its head now. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's it's basically a complete 180 on, on what we we're doing before. How much do you think that'll affect the players? Yeah, it's tough. Obviously, when a new manager comes in, he expects different things. Um, and I think in the, the first couple of games, we saw an insight into worn ball as we like to call it but it is going to take a, a bit of time sometimes you, you have to you know flex to to beat different kind of a, you know different kind of opponents um I think the worry about Friday for me is we just didn't seem to have an agenda and then we didn't seem to have a kind of like a plan b um I saw a bit of a stick for worn on on Twitter for his substitutions um I don't, I don't necessarily think I agree because I called every substitution he was going to make and agreed with it. So if, um, if they're calling worn out, they can call me out. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, and I'm sure as time goes on, we'll continue to see, um, you know, what, what worn ball is all, all about. But uh, my, my judgment is reserved so far. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, you know, it's four games with a complete change in style. It, it takes time, doesn't it? Um, I've been chatting to Villa fans. I think Villa are kind of the, I know it's not the same situation, but that season where they they beat us in the playoffs, I work with a lot of Villa fans and they like to remind me about that a lot. Um, and that season, you know, they were down and out. They were right near the bottom of the league. Dean Smith came in first 10 games after he came in. They just played terribly. You know, he said they were they were poor. They really struggled. If they did win, they really laboured to it. And then all of a sudden, something clicked, and they won like eleven in a row or something ridiculous like that. So, I think it's going to take time with Paul Warren. I think we've got to stay patient. And I think calls saying, "Oh, we'd have won that," or "We'd have got a point out of that under Rossini and and things like that. I don't think they help 
I don't think that he'd necessarily do the team or the fan base any favours. Um, and I think we've just got to back him, haven't we? He's clearly the man that Klaus wants. He's clearly the man that's going to take us forward. A four-year deal's a, a huge statement. It's a lot of money we've we've put on the line for him being the manager. So we've just got to trust him. Um, but yeah, Chris, what do you reckon? It's just, you know, I know social media is the worst thing, but what do these fans want? You know... <laughs> wins yeah it's just just, (laughs) promotion just yeah it just baffles me it really does when i when i look on twitter and just see people slating one i mean you know i'm I'm, i wasn't the biggest advocate of of him coming in he makes crowning he makes training sound like an army camp um but you know if that's what if that's what he wants to do that's what he wants he wants wants to do but surely we've learned over the last 10 10 years that swapping and changing um, almost, almost made us go go bust. So just have a bit, a bit of, a bit of patience. You know, yes, Friday night was really, really depressing, but you know, it's October. He's four games in. Let's just give it a bit of time and see what happens. Sorry, ran nice. over. That's good. That's good, Chris. No, I, I agree with you, mate. And I know this is slowly becoming the podcast of everyone agreeing with each other. But it, honestly, I, I completely agree. And, you know, you've got to give managers time. I know technically we've played six games, if you include the two Pete's Cup games, but we played 10 different players in those games. And you, you can't, and we drew one of them. So, so you can't even, you know, you can't even class those. So it's going to take time. He's got a threadbare team. They're all new. He just needs time. And I hope that he can prove Anyone that's starting him at the minute wrong, um, I think all fans will. But Callum, what do you reckon? I just wanted to say the, I mean, you listen to his press conferences, he doesn't really know players' names yet. So how can he really create a style of play when he hasn't, he's, I think he's only seen a couple of players play full 90 minutes um, over his last six games. Um, and I think, that, like uh, Chris was saying, that what do actually fans want? Do we want a bit of stability for the first time in three years and, and just have a, a team that competes? And for me, we are competing really, uh, truly where, if we, like you said, if we win two games, we're in the playoffs. So what more can we do when we're going up against teams that like Ipswich have bought, I think they've uh, bought uh, Burton's top striker and he doesn't even get on the pitch. Yeah, So it's like, they're, they're, we've competing with teams that are all paying for players and putting on decent wages and stuff. We've got restrictions on us still for putting on players for two-year contracts and freezing loans and stuff. We're going to have to be wheeling and dealing, and I think we're competing as best we probably can, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And there's something I'd almost forgotten about, and it's one of the the free agents that we've had, Joe Wildsmith. I mean, we've faced a lot of penalties and we will definitely get onto that. Um, but we've we faced a lot of penalties in recent games. Somehow, after having five penalties given against us, we've only conceded one, which is ridiculous in itself. Um, Joe Wildsmith's made two saves in the last two games, Jamie. Um, I mean, how good's he been? I, I've been a, a big advocate of him this season after doubting him quite a lot before he signed. Yeah, I think he's been superb. Um you know, and, and looking at that penalty record, you've got to you've got to look at that and and think that's uh, pretty pretty incredible. And he should be he should be pretty pleased. Um, I don't think it's just that over the last couple of games, I think he's been quite solid. Um, the angle that I had and, and I put it in the the group chat on on Friday, I did think that he was at fault because of the angle that I had at the game. 
um i and i didn't really my view was a bit blocked so um yeah i was, I was lucky well i was glad to see that it wasn't uh, it wasn't his fault because I, I think something like that could potentially you know bring in the bring in the haters and i think you've got certain people in this squad that if they do make one mistake you get the the fans kind of on their back but yeah he's been he's been really good um he's obviously probably knows that he's got a nan to kind of come back and and fight for that jersey i don't think loach does enough to to fight at the moment for that um so yeah long may it continue and hopefully as a a blinder against sheffield wednesday i think he's either going to have an absolute blinder or an absolute meltdown against sheffield <laughs> wednesday and i hope it's uh, i hope it's the first one i said yeah i hope so too i really do um, but yeah I, I think for the goal um, if he commits, he takes the man out and he either, well, it's outside the box, so he gets sent off. Um, so I don't really blame him for not wanting to throw himself at it. The player just does well to get round him and get the shot away, which he probably should have scored. Um, but yeah, penalty save, great save. Um, was he on off his line? Nah, definitely not on his line the whole time. But it was a really good save. And once again, yeah, his, a player can't beat Joe Wildsmith from the spot. And long may that continue, as you say. Um but yeah, penalties, Chris, penalties. It's getting silly now. Um, I, I've tried to do some research and there's a weird lack of data on how you get penalties unless you look at every individual game, which I definitely did not want to do. I don't think we've had five penalties given against us in the past like year. And then we give away five penalties in three games. I mean... I don't know if it's a warm thing. Are they having to run too much? And then when they're defending, they're too tired. Something like that. I don't know what what's going on. Explain it. <laughs> well, I think to be I said whenever you get a new manager in, there's just so many ideas going in into the players' heads, and I just think they're forgetting how to do the do the basics at times. You know, um, you know, out of the five penalties, there, there were a lot of a lot of dubious ones. Let's be let's be fair. Um, I didn't even say I didn't get to the game on Friday, but on Sky they didn't even show a replay of it. It was no. like it was it was really really odd. Um, so I, I, yeah, I say I don't know. Maybe it is a case of over of over of, of overthinking things. I mean, yeah, the, the, or we won't talk about the standard of of refereeing because we'll be here all bloody night. But yeah, I just I. I, I, I think that we need um, cool, calm heads, um, especially at the back. And Warren's quite an excitable character anyway, and it feels like his teams get a bit OTT and a bit over overexcited and going for challenges that they that they really shouldn't do. But while we've got Wildsmith saving them, you know, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's hope so, but we shouldn't be putting them in that position. I think that's the annoying thing is that, it's amazing that Wildsmith's keeping them out, but at the same time, the fact that he's having to face them in the first place is is a real problem. And yeah, let's hope he can get them a bit more disciplined, calm them down a bit. I mean, I was just thinking back there whilst you were talking, Chris, about the penalties we've faced. And you're right, I'd probably say two or three of the five that we've had should actually have been penalties. Two of them were obviously clear dives. And yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? It's really weird. I'm not going to be the, the man screaming agenda um, although when Sam Allison's involved, I might change that thought. But I'm not going to be screaming for an agenda. Um, yeah, we just need to sort it out at the back and not give them the opportunity to to actually give them against us. Um, right. Unless anyone's got anything else, 
that's the end of Ipswich. Let's move on. We've got two really big games coming up. Um, first off, Exeter and Callum. It's been an interesting day for Exeter, hasn't it? Uh, what What do you think? What do you think of everything going on and what do you think of the game? I wouldn't advise him to go out on nights out uh, anymore. <laughs> I mean, uh, I saw on Twitter that um, the uh, the posts and stuff, I think one of them has had a bit too... Uh, bit too merry and uh obviously he's gone to with old school fisty cuffs uh as, <laughs> as, as if you want to put it like that but yeah no uh it's i think it's their striker as well so yeah. interesting to see how the team line up we'll see what happens and um, they're not making any comments on it so so yeah so and he scored at the weekend funnily enough so mm. it'd be interesting to see like i said if he does start and then um how that pans out for them uh if he's one of their top goal scorers or not an extra expert <laughs> I don't really want to be, to be honest. <laughs> nah, yeah, at least it shows that he's got a lot of fight about him, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm basically just a budget Gary Lineker. Dear at this point. Dear yeah, I know. <laughs> terrible, terrible. But Chris, um, you know, Exeter, we checked before we started recording, they're actually above us in the league, which didn't know. Um, they have played two games more, though, which does give them a, a little bit of an advantage on that front. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, even if they do have players missing for assault charges. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? Absolutely, there's no easy games. I know that's the that's one of the worst statements ever, but it reminds me a bit of the, uh, it reminds me a bit of the Port Vale game. Yeah, on paper we've got a much much better squad, but it ain't played it on on paper. And mm. you know they they're League One experts. Um, I'd love to know. I'd love to name some of their players. I can't. I don't know. But you know, they are a solid league league one team, um, and they're going to be up for it. So every game at Pride Park this season is going to be the opposition's World Cup final. Uh, it's a beautiful pitch, great stadium. Um, you know, not many. I don't think Exeter will play in front of twenty eight thousand very often. Um, so yeah, it's a big game. It's a big game for them, and we've got a. Make sure that we stamp our authority on the on the pitch and let and instead of letting them do what they want to do. So mm. it, yeah, it's it, it's it, it's one of those games where you'd like you'd like to predict a nice easy three 0 win, but I doubt that's going to happen. <sighs> I know, I know. Although we said the same about Accrington and, and look what happened there, but. There's one player that I wanted to ask you about, Jamie. Uh, I don't know if you remember at the start of the season, a striker called Jay Stansfield, uh, or a wide player or striker. He was actually starting for Fulham in the Premier League. He started a couple of games at the start, and then I put him on my fantasy team, so they instantly shipped him off to Exeter, um, literally the day after, which was really kind of them to do. Um, obviously, he's got a really lovely story about how his dad used to play for Exeter, um, and, and I'm sure people know all about that one because it was really big news at the start of the season he's scoring goals at the minute um he looks a, a real threat how worried should Derby be about him and the rest of his team I think you've got to be you've got to respect all you know every opposition that that comes to Pride Park but you've got to look at the the defenders that we've got and, and say that they should fancy themselves against any striker in this division um I think cashing for me is so far player of the season. I think he's absolute Rolls Royce of a player. Um, I'm a little bit worried about teams kind of sniffing around in, in January for him because I think, as we've seen, he's he's got it all in, in my opinion. Um, and and almost he shouldn't be the first name on the team sheet, and he shouldn't be the first central defender on the team sheet because he's got 
Curtis Davis and, and James Chester playing beside him that are experienced at, at football. <laughs> They're good at football. <laughs> experienced as you like to, at football. <laughs> that's what, very good at football, as you like to say. Yeah, I don't think we should be worried. And you know what? At home, we shouldn't fear anyone in this division. I think the issue is, is that teams just come here and they want to they want to fight, they want to play. They've got their fans over in the corner making you know as much noise as possible, and it's almost like a a bit of a free hit or a bit of a kind of cup game and and teams seem to do kind of well. But I just want to see a complete performance from Derby. I want to see it from front to back, confidence, free-flowing football um, and, com- you know, a comfortable win. And if we can do that against Exeter and then against Bristol Rovers, like we've said here, we'll find ourselves in the playoffs places and we can kind of look up rather than, you know, down. But just to kind of echo what some of the guys have been saying on here is, you know, we, we can't get too down with where we are in the league. You know, if someone said at the start of the season, we'll finish in the playoffs, you know, we'd bite the hand off. So, yeah, I think we just need to take a step back, um, forget about some of the, you know, the incidents that have happened over the last couple of games and get behind the boys, move on and, and see what happens over the next two. hope you're right. I hope you're right. Right. Quick fire score prediction, Jamie. You just you just been to me. I've muted my mic. Yeah, sorry, uh, mate. <laughs> um, what just for Exeter? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go three nil. Comfortable win. Positive, positive person over here. So uh, yeah, three nil. Um, Asula, Mendes Lang, and Max Bird. Oh, I hope you're right, Callum. I'll go. I'll go one nil. Who's the scorer? Uh, ooh. Uh, cash in header oh god maybe you'll get one on target one day let's hope so let's hope so uh, Chris what do you reckon I can't see us keeping a clean sheet if I'm honest I'll go 2-1 Derby 2-1 let's go Mendes Lang Mendes Lang and a dizzy goal off, oh. off the bench Let's hope so. Right, let's really quickly preview Bristol Rovers before we finish. I've just had a look on the form table thinking, oh, I'd be fine. Uh, they've won four of the last five, which I didn't realise, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, never never good to see when you're You were when you're attracting your comment them. before we started recording, Jake. Yeah, yeah. What a side, Bristol Rovers. Um, it, it, listen, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? It's going to be a really tough game. Um it's another home game, which I just said is good for us. I don't know if that's good anymore. Uh, I don't know if we're more of an away team now with the with the changes style of football we've got. Um, Callum, you know Bristol, they're they're around us in the league again. Same scenario. They've played two games more than us anyway. Um, they're in form at the minute. What do you think? Yeah, I'm getting uh, Port Vale vibes from them. I think they're they're in form. They're a club that will look at it and go Saturday afternoon, big day out for the fans, uh, big crowd uh, ground. Um, and I think that that's the, at the moment, appears to be the Achilles heel for us this season, where it's those teams that we kind of, as, I don't know if the team does, but fans underestimate and then we, we kind of get turned over. So I'm hoping that's not the case this, <laughs> this Saturday. Yeah, I hope you're right, mate. I really am. Uh, Chris, what do you think? I just want, come, come five o'clock, Joey Burt, I'm Joey Barton crying Mainly about <laughs> referee calls and sloppy goals and offside goals. I, I can't stand the bloke, so I really hope we get one over them. But no, as Callum said, it is it is one of those games where you just you just go, oh no, this it could happen all over again, and it could be Port Vale all over again. But hopefully, we'll have um, 
one two one against Exeter and we get a bit of momentum going and um they're gonna be wanting to get their names on the team sheet for the for the Liverpool game, aren't they? So yeah, you know, fingers fingers crossed that um Joey's crying at the end of it. <laughs> Let's hope so. I've just seen that in their last game they came from two nil down to Drew to Drew to draw two all with uh, Plymouth which is uh, no mean feat. And I've noticed they've also got Jordan Rossiter. And I know my, my Liverpool supporting mates a couple of years ago were talking about how he was going to be the next Perlo. Um, so maybe he's still good. You know, he plays for Bristol Rovers at the age of, what, 25? But, you know, maybe, maybe there's still a chance. <laughs> there's still a chance. Um, Jamie, you know, they're, they're a good team. They actually face Chef Wednesday on Wednesday. So that's, that's a pretty horrible run of uh, fixtures for them. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, again, I think it's the same situation as, as Exeter. You know, you can't you can't um, can't kind of write anyone off coming to coming to Pride Park. But yeah, I'm going to be positive again. I think we're going to score to nil, maybe a two nil victory. Um, I'm going to be positive. Let, let's be positive. Let's see us in the uh, the top six, um, and uh, and yeah, we can we can kind of go from there. Wednesday on Wednesday, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I didn't even thought about that. Uh, who are your goal scorers, really quickly? Got what for the 2 0? Um, yeah. uh, James Collins, both. James Collins, bang. he's back. He's back. back the um, good stuff. Uh, Callum, really quick score prediction. I'll go 2 0, same as Jamie. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll... same goal scorers. <laughs> no, I, no, I'll go two different. I'll go. Horham and uh, Cashin again, who gets a brace in the week. <laughs> Chris? I think it's going to be one of them mental ones. I'm going to go 5-2, Derby. I think we haven't had one of those mental ones for a long, long time. Go on, name I'm the five guys. Here we go. go on. <laughs> James Collins, Hattrick, Dizzy <laughs> and Burkhausen. <laughs> you, want, oh. you, you want a bit of interest. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Joe Barton sent off. <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely. that'd be nice that'd be nice I'm definitely not, crying yeah I'm not giving a prediction for either of them uh, I'm going to go, go. To, yeah. to save time I'm going to say 2-1-0 wins um, and I think the goal oh. scorer goal oh. scorer in both of them will be James Chester headers <laughs> now that that would be a, an, an incredible week if that came true um, I've just realised as well, I'm going to a fancy dress party afterwards, a Halloween one, um, and there's potential I may not be able to get changed after the game. So I might have to go to the game dressed as Legolas, which will be a really interesting, uh, really interesting. Please go dressed as, please go dressed as <laughs> Joey Barton. <laughs> Wouldn't have to change much. I'll just have to throw a Stone Island jacket on. I'd be uh, almost there. But right, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, if, if people did enjoy the episode, uh, please do let us know. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Rams Talk Pods. Um, we put loads of clips on, always asking for your input and opinions. If you want to be a part of it, see everyone's celebrating on the on the video right now. Um, get yourself involved. If you want to be on the podcast, just let myself or anyone else on uh, know about it. And we, we'd absolutely love to have new people on. It's always good to hear new opinions. Um and yeah, if, if you do enjoy the episode, please make sure to like, do whatever, press whatever button you do on whatever you listen on. Um, you know, there's so many different platforms I lose track nowadays. But yeah, lads, been a pleasure. Let's hope all the predictions are true. And thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, pal. Cheers, Jake. Right. Take care. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. 
from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.